Can you just make a joyful noise like the Lord has done something for you? Anybody come and show up with the spirit of expectancy this morning? Anybody just want God to wreck your life? Not to change it, but to transform it forever? Does anybody want more? I wasn't going to share this, but I want to be obedient, so stay with me. There was a word, and I believe I'm going to expose myself in order for God to expose something to you. Is that all right? Last week, there was a word from worship, and it talked about not holding back your praise. I stood there, and I began to think through it and regarding that word, and it hit me. And God began to stir something up in my spirit. And I began to feel as though it made me ask the question, Lord, am I holding back? I said, Lord, you know, I, I give you all my praise. I, I pour out and worship. And he began to show me that he wasn't talking about my pouring out in worship during the service. But he pointed to something specific in my life. He said, I'm talking about when you speak to my people. I said, Lord, well, sometimes I get nervous because sometimes I, if I expressed it the way you gave it to me, people would think that it's me instead of you. He told me this, and, and it was a blessing to me. I am being totally transparent. I said, he said, he spoke this to me. He said, I didn't choose David because... He was the most competent. I, I didn't choose David because he was the most good looking. <laughs> I didn't choose him because he had the most wisdom. But I chose him because I could trust him. And I believe for some of us, you may be wondering if God is trying to get you to a place where you're the best at what you do. But he said, I'm not even trying to get you to a place to being the best. I'm trying to get you to a place that I can trust you. Because if I can trust you with what I give you, I can take you through the rest. So I don't know what it's saying for you in 2023, but what it told me, not only speak the name of Jesus, but speak it the way he gave it to you. Shout about it the way he gave it to you in your spirit. Maybe that's for somebody right there. Because I don't know about you, I can speak the name because I got some evidence in my life. I've got plenty of inventory of evidence of why he's so good. I've got plenty of reasons that I could have gave up, but because of the evidence, he began to show me. So while you're standing, I want to dive into this word. I want you to stand with me because this is a familiar word, but I want you to hear it again for the first time. It says that in Ecclesiastes, it says, for everything, there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, 
a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. As you take your seat, somebody just shout hallelujah. This is one of the most familiar passages in the Bible. And the message it gives is that life itself has seasons and there is a proper time and place for somebody say everything. Everything. Now, with the changing of seasons brings about times of transitions. Now, some people will live life waiting for life to happen. But life is actually not a place where we sit and wait for whatever will happen to take place. As people, we are not to be inactive going through the motions of the activities of life, but we are to be active and attentive to the seasons. Get this, while raising the question through it all, what is God doing? In this transition, I'm going to say that again. We should raise the question of what is God doing in this transition? I want to give you a disclaimer alert right here that this message is not for the average person who enjoys the familiarity of being where they are, but for those who have discovered that remaining in the same place makes me nauseous. I'm going to boldly say that this is for people who have become so irritated with mediocrity that now they have become allergic to the same old, same old. I'm going to boldly state again that I'm talking to some people who have finally come to the conclusion that their design was never meant for the boat experience. Because God is not looking for people who are screaming, let me stay right here. But he's looking for some people who will shout, send me. I'll go. I don't know who that's for. But foundationally, I want, I want you to think about this. Jesus is our identity. We can agree on that. And his life is, is lived through us. And one of our main purposes in this life is actually to become like him. Now, he called us to a life of transformation, which calls us to places of transition. So today I want to talk about the subject. Repeat after me. My life is in transition. If you think about the transition... It's for our growth, and it's also an effort to propel us into our future glory with Christ in his image. In Romans, it says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, he did what? These he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. But I want to back it up with this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, so all of us 
All means all in every language. (laughs) Who have had the veil removed can see and reflect. That means you can look in the mirror. That the glory of the Lord and the glory, what is it saying? And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Someone shout transition. When you look at the definition of transition, you will see that it's the process or a period of changing from one state or one condition to the other. But what I love about the definition of the verb is because we can relate to it because I believe this is where we spend a lot of time in our life. Because as a verb, the definition talks about the undergoing, the action of undergoing. Meaning that there is something that has happened that has taken place that has caused us to undergo a process or a period of transition. Get it? We've heard the statement that the only constant in life is change. (laughs) To be honest, now it seems the fear of change has become just as constant and the attitude of not wanting to change. Now, as human beings, we do not like unplanned situations, rightfully so. And that mindset has caused us to desire to remain in control. But here is the thing. If you're going to reach your destination of purpose, if you are going to experience a time when you transition to the real you, the purpose version of you, then you must learn to live life out of control, meaning in faith, while in transition. Now understand this, because this is important. Transition is not only an experience that has the opportunity to lead to the next level of your success or deliverance, but transition is also known to be traumatic, even if it's good. Now you have to get this because if not, you will find yourself like many others in the waiting room of your breakthrough, sitting in between pain and freedom. Because you either have found yourself to be unprepared for what God has for you, or you are afraid of that transition because you see that it's going to cost you something. Somebody say hallelujah. So for everything, there is a season, a time and place for everything. So, again, be attentive to the seasons while raising the question of what is God doing in this transition? I keep saying that it's important. See, in the art of transition, so in this idea of transition in this series, and thank you, Pastor Joe, for allowing me to to just kickstart it. (laughs) Thank you for trusting me. I want to give you some foundational seeds that will need to be watered and will need to grow in your thought process throughout our conversation today and prayerfully forevermore. You see, the spiritual things that will be revealed in your life will not necessarily automatically show up on your iCal, on your calendar. It's not going to automatically show up. And when God is seeking to reveal something in your life, I would advise you not to get in a hurry because birth cannot happen until the water breaks. 
I want to utilize this, and maybe it came to me because my wife has been spending so much time in labor and delivery at the hospital, and we talk about it, but I just got a revelation in this thing that if God is trying to transition you, understand that birth cannot happen until the water breaks. Now, when the Holy Spirit is seeking to move us from one place to another, from one position to another position, think about this, from one season to another season, it usually has to induce our labor. Because sometimes we're not ready. Or we feel inadequate, and all of a sudden our labor needs to be induced. The problem is, is that we show up in the room to have the baby while also trying to be the doctor. Can you imagine that? You show up, you're having the baby, but you're like, hey, doc, I need you to do this. Move my feet over there. Do this. <laughs> Trying to be the doctor while you're the person that's having the baby. We are so in a hurry in the transitions of life that we may not realize that the pregnancy is just as important, if not more important, than the breakthrough. I want you to think about it. Because if the baby is not nurtured during the pregnancy, you could kill the destiny and the breakthrough, your destiny and your breakthrough, in its fetal development. Before it even came into existence, you can kill it. See, purpose do not, does not become visible. I've said this before. Purpose doesn't become visible until it, until it is birth. So you have to remain patient. And that's why the word tells us that in Psalms it says, wait patiently for the Lord. And then it gives you some confidence like, be brave and courageous. <laughs> yes, wait patiently for the Lord. It reminds you again. See, while the baby is in the womb, the entire time its life is being nurtured and even shielded for transition. Think about this. The goal is for the baby to transition into the world with health and wellness, along with the ability to breathe on its own. I want you to, talk, I want you to think about what God has placed in you. See, when the water breaks, it's actually implying that the baby is saying, I'm, I'm ready, and the transition to labor can begin. Now, I want you to get this for the context of your, your own life in transition because the reason the baby is actually prepared to come is because it has been nurtured to maturity for that moment. And in some instances has outgrown the abdominal space and the womb it's currently occupying. See, sometimes you are in some places, you are in some places that you've got too big for, but you're still trying to stay there. Like God has actually expanded the vision, the vision over your life for something more. That's what Paul said. He said, but I need something more. He said, I can't will it. I can't do it. But he knew that he needed something. Somebody say more. I want you to notice something. When it comes to a woman's water breaking during pregnancy, notice this. Women don't. And cannot control when their water breaks. They can only nurture the baby inside of them until the transition is not an option. Uh, 
I'm sorry, I just got another revelation. This is not in my notes, but you've got to get that because it shows you that you don't have to be in a hurry because, matter of fact, you don't even have to be in control. Because when God chooses to transition you, you have to get to the hospital quickly or you're going to have that baby right where you are. Somebody missed it. That basically should tell you it doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what's going on. That when God says it's time to go, you're having that baby whether you want to or not. Is there any pregnant people in the house? Come on. Now remember, remember what I said. Transition will not only lead you to the next level of your success or deliverance, but it, it's known to be traumatic, even if it's good. Being impregnated with what God has for you is good. Birthing the baby is good. When your water breaks, or let me say it this way, when your transition is ready to take place, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to begin to live your best life in that moment. Oh, man. (laughs) Yes. Somebody say yes. The water broke and the baby is ready to be born, but it also means contractions are getting ready. If they haven't already, they're getting ready to start. Here comes the delivery process. Hey, Pastor Joe said something last week. I believe it was last week, the Sundays they run together, but it was about the lame man. It just came to me right now. When he was preaching about the lame man, I almost jumped like over the seat because I got this revelation in what we're talking about. The lame man, remember the story, uh, the lame man was constantly, he was picked up and carried and set at the gate, right, of the temple called Beautiful. All right, he's sitting at the gate, right? He's, he's sitting in front of the gate. That's a good place. That's a, that's a place of transition. Now, if you think about it, he had been sitting at the gate his entire life. He had been carried, right, and sat at the gate. He was begging for spare change. He doesn't know, even though, I don't know if it was just more money, more problems, but he was asking for spare change, but he didn't get that. What he actually got was a miracle. The water broke. Get this. When his water breaks and he gets this miracle, remember, he had been picked up and carried to the gate called beautiful his entire life. That's what he knew. Sitting at the gate, all he understood every morning at the gate, begging for spare change. He got the miracle. He was able to walk. Now what? He receives the miracle, but now here comes contraction. Because I'm used to every morning getting up doing this. I knew where what I needed was coming from because I was sitting in the gate where the resources were coming through to place it in my hand. But now I got to walk and go get it. When you think about that, that you can have contractions and your water can break, 
But can you endure the journey? This is where the trust comes in because God wants to reveal something to you. So you must embrace the transition. See, often in our life, we get in a hurry. We begin to see weeds around our feet and we're looking and saying, wait a minute, I don't see any grass growing. All the while, God is re- wants to reveal and he's working to reveal something to you, even in the desert of your situation. He has some secrets stored up for you, and he is working to reveal them. Corinthians, it says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Now, to understand the things that they're speaking of in this verse, you have to go back and begin reading at verse 7 through 9. And it reads, no, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. My life is in transition. You can write this down, but if you look in Isaiah chapter 40, I believe between 1 and 5, it it, it tells us that the glory of the Lord will be revealed and we shall see it. So birth cannot happen until the water breaks. But another thing is this. The only way to step into something new, you must commit to step out of something familiar. You must transition. Often in order to transition successfully, you must know the difference between entrances and exits. I love this because when you walk in here, you notice that door does not open the same way. Somebody get that? Know the difference between entrances and exits. I love this. I could talk about it all day as a safety consultant, but an entrance is just an antonym of the word exit, which means it's the opposite. An entrance is the action of entering or going in while the exit is a way out. Now, They both deal with doors, but for different purposes. They both utilize what's called an egress point. An egress point is significant because in the world of safety, you would study that an egress point, which deal with points of entries and points of exits, they're highly vital because they are the most vulnerable places in the building. I want you to get this for your life. See, actually, entrances and exits has the most secured, fireproof, fireproof material. It gets the best doors. Matter of fact, the doors of the entries and exits are tougher, are made differently from different material. You got to get this. Than any other doors in the building. 
They are the most vulnerable. What am I saying to you? That where there is transition in your life, get fortified. Where there is transition in your life, you must be fortified because there is a place of vulnerability. That's where you are the most vulnerable. Why do you think it's so frustrating when God calls you to do something? You're like, man, you call me to this? And Lord, and this came with it? There's vulnerability. Not only that, there, this is where conflict is. This is where confusion happens. And spiritually, a sense of doubt that transpires from a thought, if God said it or not. See, there are moments in our lives when God showed us an exit, but we went in. (laughs) And sometimes we don't get it to afterwards. Oh, that was an exit. My God. He showed us an exit and we went in instead of going out. But get this, but the only way to go out with success is first you got to go in. We're going somewhere. In John 10 and 9 it says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Going in. But here's a scripture in Revelation 3 and 8. It says, I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. But this is the part that blesses me. You have little strength. (laughs) That spoke to me because I'm like, Lord, you're right, because there are some situations I don't even have the strength to open the door even though you brought me to it. You placed me right in front of the door like the lame man, and I don't even have enough strength because I've been fighting so long that I don't even have the strength to push through it. Come on. Yet, you obey, you obey my word and did not deny me. That sounds like some people that stood. (laughs) Come on. You got to know the difference between entrances and exits. I want to help you because the difference spiritually between entrances and exits is based on the purpose of the transition. (laughs) And who is providing the direction? See, think about this. Some people may believe that an exit is a bad thing. Yet we believe in breakthrough. (laughs) Somebody think it's a bad thing, yet yet we believe in breakthroughs. Think about it. I'll give you something. They let me go. You walked in. They fired you off the job. They let you go. Did they or did they free you for your next season? I, lo- I, I lost my way. I lost my way. Did you? Is God redirecting your path? 
They took this. They stole this from me. Really? Did he save you from falling on it yourself? Or I'm confused. He's just trying to get you to lean on him. (laughs) Not on your own understanding. See, think about this. Think about it. When we are striving to move from faith in faith from one place to another, there is a future outcome that has not yet manifested. But we have to trust in the evidence not seen. That's all the words today. <laughs> we have to trust in the evidence not seen. See, we, we, we can experience the time to laugh, and, and it's good. We can experience that, but what about the time to cry? Is it still good, or do you need proof? Intentionally ask that question. Is it still good, or do you need proof that it is? See, there comes a time, even with believers, there comes a time when we no longer, that we have to no longer need proof, especially when you've already reviewed the evidence. See, when you've already reviewed the evidence, you see the facts. I say that with my sons all the time. I was like, no, it goes this way, facts. No, he said this. We say it all the time. But we have to get to a place because if I'm reading the evidence, we worship in the evidence of God. We we've saw miracles produced. If you haven't seen it in your own life, you've seen it in somebody else's life. Somebody say, I got evidence. (laughs) The evidence brings us to a conclusion of what God is really trying to do, but we have to trust it. Know the difference between entrances and exits. I wish I could talk about that longer, but I can't. I guess I could have just preached on that today. But another thing that is vitally important because when you think about, okay, I'm in a hurry, but birth can't happen until the water breaks, until God releases it, until he, he assists you from the inside out. So that thing, that, that seed that he's placed inside of you, that he's watering, continually watering and nurturing, pulling back the soil on it so that it can mature before it's birth, because he wants to, to be able to breathe on its own. Knowing the difference between entrances and exits, you can know all of that. But I believe this is the most important, and I'm going to close with this. You cannot transition on your own. This is not a going with grace commercial. But I want to give you something you can relate to. You notice I'm a musician. And you can practice and you can do scales. You can do all these different things. And you can sit your guitars down for a while or your instrument. And you'll notice when you come back to them again, you're not starting where you left off. You have to actually start over. And what I'm saying is, is that when you're striving to grow spiritually, when you are seeking to actually grow, you, you have to develop a sense of consistency. Like, I want God to grow me in my word. So you know what? I don't know why. Every Sunday, I'm not going to bed before midnight. 
I can't sleep. I, I'm getting up at 530. I'm going in my closet. I'm pulling out my sermon and I'm preaching it. <laughs> Just Jesus and I. <laughs> Anything that I'm learning, like to grow, you have to put in that time, but you also have to be consistent. Now, just like how we all love working out and you guys are at the gym like every day. I get it. <laughs> you can work out alone, but it's different when you have a trainer. You could be working out for a year and you get a trainer for one day and you're like, I didn't know I even had that muscle. I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know there was one over there. <laughs> I'm hurting in places I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know something existed there. What is that called? <laughs> you cannot, you have to be consistent. When the foundational scripture that I read in Ecclesiastes, if you study the book, it's an interesting understanding about the book of Ecclesiastes. If, you, if you're looking to read something to like get excited, it's excitement. But if you just, just need the jolt of excitement, it's not the book to read. But it should excite you. What's interesting about it, it's actually sharing about the futile thinking and living of the natural man. Versus how you need to live and what you need to engage spiritually in order to grow. Somebody say grow. See, what God is doing in one season of transition gives you the awareness and the tools that will be necessary in the next season. See, in, in our lives, we work towards goals and we're, we're working towards achieving things in our life and all of a sudden, things drastically change. See, the pattern of life constantly changes, but God has the roadmap. He's the only one who knows where you are headed and how you will get there. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend upon your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Can I give you a hallelujah reason right now? The reason why the enemy wants to confuse you because he understands that fear tampers with trust. Fear tampers with trust. Once your trust is tampered, it, it makes it difficult for you to do the opposite because in faith, we're supposed to do the opposite and declare what's true. I am redeemed. I am free. I have an inheritance in Christ Jesus and God has plans designed out for my life. That's why I say our life is in transition. And get this for the way home. We can't grow without transition. And it is difficult to transition without growth. I'm going to say that again. We can't grow without transition. And it's difficult to transition without growth. So I urge you not to spend time striving to recreate past memories with things especially when the season of those things have passed. Because if you think about it, David transitioned to a shepherd king. 
Samuel did come in the room and he sought out David at the end, but you have to, if you go into the pretext of, of the story, you understand that Samuel still had his eye on Saul as being that person. God had to show him, no, 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 we'll pass that season. <laughs> you can't stay stuck there. We're past that season. <laughs> See, even when we're moving from what may be a loss and the future looks unattainable, let me tell you what God did. He promises us that he will make a road in the wilderness. That he would create rivers in the desert. That he would move a mountain on your behalf. That he would raise dry bones in your life. And the dry bones will begin to rattle. See, I pray that this gives you confidence that you are about to experience one of the greatest transitions in your life. Come on. See, I said David transitioned to a king, and it took a while. Paul was persecuting and killing people, and he was instantly changed. I'm not comparing good to bad. No, I'm comparing what God can do. See, because you may think, oh, I'm a mess. It ain't no way God can utilize me. Like, I'm a mess. I've got some stuff. I have some issues. But Paul was persecuting not just people. He was persecuting Christians. And he went from persecutor to preacher. So the greatest transition that you will ever lay your eyes on will be your very own. But the only way that you can transition, you not only have to get out of the way. But you got to live life out of control. Oh, man. I can't control it. I mean, Lord, I can't help you. Like, I'm good in this area. You notice that you struggle in places that you're good at? I got an amen. Think about it today, and you'll begin to notice that you actually struggle letting go of places that you're really good at. See, I'm strategic. I'm methodical. I have to focus on the time to shut up. Not be quiet. Like, Lord, Lord is past that with me. He, like, he go through a different level with me. Anthony, it's time to shut up. Come on, rise to your feet. As interesting as it may sound, transition, as good as, as, as it is as the prayer team comes down, it is traumatic, but you're not alone. So don't choose to be. I don't care. If you're in college or you're going from high school to college, college, going back to college, young adult, elderly, whatever that is. Because if you notice, we transition all of these stages.
from the womb to infancy to adolescence to preteen, teenage years to young adults to adult years to elderly. But think about this. If I never transition from a preteen, I will never become an adult. That's what God is saying. God is saying that which I put inside of you, if you don't allow me to transition it from its adolescent age, it will never mature in you. So lift your hands all over the building. And if you, even if you don't even know, remember we've already said God has the roadmap. You're like, I, I know there's something that God wants to move in my life. And matter of fact, I know I'm going to tell you, I'm in transition right now. I'll be the first to. I mean, God is just transitioning to things, and I am daily saying, Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? So you can come to the floor for prayer right now. We're here for you, but as you have your hands lifted, I want you to commit to trusting God, to trusting him at his word. Consider the evidence. And as you think through it, just know that God, he has plans for your life, but plans not to harm you. Why is that important? And I'm done. Not to harm you. That means he's going to transition you sometimes when you thought the door should stay open. But he's saying, no, that's not good. I got something bigger. That's good, but I want to take you to greater than. So I want to allow God to move. So as they continue to worship, and we're going to be dismissed, as we're worshiping, come down for prayer. And may God transition to you, into the real you, into the purpose you. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen.